It's time for the What in the Podcast. I'm watching you. <laughs> to Basin lies a 512-acre property known as Skinwalker Ranch. The Native Americans in the area won't set foot on this property, as it is known to them as the Path of the Skinwalker. Come with us tonight as we explore the property and the many, and I do mean many, phenomenon that occur there. Welcome to episode 23 of What in the Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Camito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. I'm your host, Kent Whittington. Along with me tonight is our hostess, Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Say hi, Tracy. Hello, hello. 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 Unfortunately, Adriana, my lovely wife, won't be with us tonight. She is a little under the weather. Don't worry, it's not COVID. She just has the flu. It's winter time, and that's what we get. I wonder how many people are actually mistaking the flu for COVID right now. Probably too many. Probably too many. The symptoms are too similar. Yep. And the panic the is still sets in. And, and and people are thinking better safe than sorry. And yeah. Yeah, it was like I was telling her the other day. I said, I hope if I catch it from her that I don't have a fever or anything like that. Cause if I go to work with a fever uh, at my job, they, they scan us for temperature. And if I'm over a hundred, they'll send me home for three days. And personally, I just don't want to deal with the paperwork involved with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three days off. I you wouldn't mean- mind, but even at, you know, and even after vacation for that matter, cause I was just, I've just been off for a whole week and really haven't gotten much accomplished, but you know, I don't need another three. <laughs> But is it a paid vacation if you end up having to stay home? That's a good question. question. I have to find that out. And if it is, do I get paid full pay or half pay? Who knows? Uh, All the questions. uh, Yeah, definitely all the questions. That's for sure. So how are you tonight, Tracy? Anything going on with you? Um, Other than... Election Tuesday was chaotic and... and I imagine it was, yeah. Uh, Still waiting for results. (laughs) Yes. But as we are not a political uh, show, I'm not going to get into too much detail about that. <laughs> Let's just well, say. Just the, the whole thing is, 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 guys, no matter what, we have 30 days to certify after the election. Your answers are going to be out within the next three or four days. Mm-hmm. But California won't certify until at least two weeks from now. That's true. Sacramento will certify at le- you know, about that same time. So. Yep. So all we can <laughs> say is be patient. <laughs> We won't know the results for a while, so, you know. Yep. Just breathe, inhale, exhale, breathe, repeat. Pour a drink. Just sit back and relax. Watch some TV. Get away from it all for a while. If you voted, exactly. you don't have to worry about it. If you didn't vote, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. That's right. That's all we can do. Yep. So, I didn't, I didn't get any new reviews. I didn't get any uh, new recordings. Unfortunately, I know people are out there. I know last week or yeah, last week being Halloween, we probably didn't have a lot of people listening and it kind of shows in the analytics. I have like 12 people who listen to the Halloween episode so far. But one of them is me and I only got to listen to it night before last because it was a chaotic weekend of just go, go, go. Yeah. People are starting to listen. It's starting to pick up. So I'm not too concerned. Um, and for you guys who do listen, I really appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Um, I do that. I don't do this for money. I do this because it's something I enjoy and I love hearing feedback from our listeners. Um, the ones that I know personally, I hear from them all the time. They tell me that it's a great podcast. They enjoy it. 
personally, you know, I can't say I'm not, we're not at that level of professionalism that some of these other podcasts are like you hear like astonishing legends or hillbilly horror stories, mysterious universe, things like that. But we're doing the best we can and, and we're having fun. Wouldn't you say? Yep. 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 I'm, ha- I'm having a Oh, lost her for just a second, folks. Hang on. We're, we're, we're kind of low-teching it tonight. <laughs> what were you saying, Tracy? I'm, I'm having a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having a field day. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Well, I'm glad you are. I mean, it's nice to have you here. And it's nice to have you interact. And, and being being the researcher that you are, that rabbit hole just gets deeper and deeper, and you just keep diving in. It does, although tonight I feel like I have failed because every time I try to find a rabbit hole to fall into, I, I found people that were making too many pop reference, you know, pop culture references, and I'm like, this this is this is not how I want to present our, our, our interesting tidbits for the night. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, folks, tonight we're going to be doing Skinwalker Ranch, and one thing that even I discovered, I did find a little bit more than Tracy, which is kind of a first for me. But, yes, um, yes it is. <laughs> but the thing is, it's it's a hard subject to find. If you're looking on the internet, it's a hard subject to find any information about other than the basics. You want to get mm-hmm. really deep into it. It's, um, you know, you your best bet is probably to uh, pick up a few books on Amazon, uh, watch some of the, the programs like Hunt for the Skinwalker, for example, which is playing on Amazon right now. Um, there's another one on Skinwalker Ranch that's on there too, but I think it's a fictional tale. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> but if you really want to hear about the incidences involved with Skinwalker Ranch, what actually went on there, those are probably the best means of finding out. I did find a few and I'm going to go over them tonight with everybody. Um, and I just hope everybody enjoys what they hear tonight. And I want to hear some feedback from you guys, please. Um, I get, you know, at this point, I guess I should go over again how we uh, allow you guys to get a hold of us. One way is to send us an email. You can do that at whatinthepodcast@gmail.com. Uh, another way is through uh, Facebook Messenger. You can uh, join our group at the What in the Podcast Facebook group. Leave us a message. Um, you can do that there through uh, either contacting myself, Kent Whittington or Tracy Lynn Hernandez, or Adriana Camito. We're all there. Easy to find. And the last way to do it, um, Tracy, I'm going to let you say it, because you do this part so well. (laughs) (laughs) Leave us a voice message. And how do they do that? Looking at the description, it's relatively simple. You know, you look at the description of, of, of the episode, like tonight's episode, and down at the bottom of it is a little link that says, you know, basically leave us a message. In this link... You click it. You you put your name in if you haven't already done so before. And you put your email in and they send you one email that you can ignore for the rest of your life because they'll never reach out again. Because you don't have to sign up for anything. It just says, hey, this is Anchor. We love you. And you can ignore it then. And you, you leave us a voicemail. And if you don't like the voicemail, if you listen to it, you can send it again. And if you do do like Anchor, which we like Anchor, you can set up your own podcast. If something gets your attention. And you've already got your foot in the door then because you got the email in your 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 your, your email file. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I agree. Um, you know, you'll probably hear an anchor commercial somewhere in this podcast. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tout it. Actually, it's real simple to use. It's one of the reasons I use it. Everything's everything's in there, and you don't have to do anything except maybe set up a mic if you're doing it from your computer. If you're doing it from your phone, it works real easy too. You can just use the mic on the phone. Um, Either way, though, uh, Anchor is a great app. We love it. Um, and who knows? Like 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 Tracy said, maybe you have an interest and want to start your own podcast. That's one one awesome way to do it. And yep, yep, yep. I personally encourage people to podcast. It's a great medium. Um, I'm having fun with it as a first timer. I don't know. How about you, Tracy? I'm having a blast. I I never thought I would enjoy this as much as I do. I mean, I honestly thought that it would be one of those things that it would never click with me because you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm weird and and I don't I don't always stick with things for more than than five or six minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Unless I dive into a hole and I keep I keep being allowed to fall into all sorts of neat holes and progress is made. Definitely, 
I think it's, and it's I think it's a lot of fun. Um, now, along with communicating with us, what I want to ask you folks out there, some of our episodes you may not like. Um, we like I like I said, I, I have the analytics. I can see who's listening, not who's listening, but how many people are listening and, and the demographics about where they are, their genders, all that other stuff. Some of these episodes, I see there's not a lot of listens, and I look at the subject matter, and I see that it might not be someone's cup of tea. You know, you're looking for paranormal. We put on an episode last week about spiritual healing. That may not be what you want to hear. If it's not, send us a message and let us know. Let us know what you do want to hear. And and we'll go out of our way. Some of you guys like these deep dives into some of the freaky stuff like shadow people or Skinwalker Ranch in this case tonight. Um, What's some other good ones we've done? Uh, The UFO contacts. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff you really want to hear. I mean, I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem, you know, up in my game, as it were. So anyway, um, I guess let's just dive in. So we're going to talk tonight about Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch and UFO Ranch, although I've never really heard it called UFO Ranch. Uh, it's a property located on approximately 512 acres of uh, or 207 hectares for you people who measure that way. Uh, southeast of Ballard, Utah. Uh, it's disputed to be the site of paranormal and UFO-related activities dating back as far as the 1950s and even beyond that. Um, its name is taken from the Skinwalker of Navajo legend concerning vengeful, vengeful shaman. Um, located in the Uintah Basin in northeast Utah, the Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch, as I said before, and UFO Ranch is filled with myths and mysteries, including UFOs, aliens, cattle mutilations, crop circles, and Navajo witches called skinwalkers. Basically, it's, you know, you if whatever whatever you want, it's there. <laughs> Cryptids, exactly. UFOs, whatever. You know, you, you ask for it, it's you can find it there. The 480-acre ranch is located about 3.5 miles southwest of Fort Duchesne. I think that's how it's pronounced, Utah and borders the Ute Indian Reservation. I think it's actually Duchesne. Okay, we'll go with that. Duchesne. (laughs) The Uintah Valley Reservation was created for the Ute in October 1861 by executive order of President Abraham Lincoln. The Uncompagre Reservation, I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, commonly called the Orway Reservation. I'm going to go with that. It's a little easier to say. was created in January 1882, and in 1886, the two reservations were merged to become the Uinta and Ore Reservation. For more than 150 years, the Ute have lived here on the reservation that covers over 4.5 million acres. The Indians have long said that the bordering ranch is on the path of the Skinwalker, and for that reason, having long been forbidden to go near the property. The Skinwalker is a malevolent, shape-shifting witch of the Navajo people, which the Ute people take seriously. And that's true. You you can't even ask them about it. They will not tell you about yeah. it. Uh, before the Ute moved to the reservation, they were fierce and warlike people who lived primarily in Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. At one time, the Ute and Navajo fought together against their common enemies. However, later, when the Ute first acquired horses from the Spanish... They began to abduct Navajo people and sold them in New Mexico slave markets. Later during the Civil War, some Ute bands joined with Kit Carson in a military campaign against the Navajo. This ended in the Navajo being expelled from their lands and forced to march to a reservation in Fort Sumner, New Mexico, called the Long Walk of the Navajo. Though the tribe was allowed to return to their homelands in the Four Corners area several years later, the Ute believed that the Navajo put a curse on the Ute tribe for their previous transgressions. Afterward, the Skinwalkers began to plague the Ute people. The Ute believe the Skinwalker presence in the Uinta Basin extends back at least 15 generations. They don't believe that the Skinwalkers live on the ranch, but rather hide out in a place called Dark Canyon, which is located nearby. According to reports, Skinwalkers have been seen in the area by the Ute numerous times. The witches have been spied near the ranch on the road to Fort Duchesne and on various areas of the reservation. One account described them as looking like humans with dog heads smoking cigarettes. I actually heard that one. It's, it's kind of a funny tale. Uh, you know, they see, three do- they see three dogs sitting there. 
and they and they actually stand upright and light a pack light it light a cigarette out of a pack and each one's taking a smoke off a cigarette and looking at the people who are staring back at them let's see uh okay. another described them as large black hairy humanoid figures that were very fast they were also described as having unusually large coal red eyes sounds kind of like the black dog incidences others yeah others have said that they uh seen the, the pictures taken by a very large let me start that again others have said they have seen and taken pictures of very large tracks which skinwalkers are said to leave sounds kind of I don't know, kind of menacing. And like I said, the, the red eyes, the yeah. black hairy humanoid figures or whatever, the black dogs. It sounds like black dog incidences in some cases. So maybe uh -huh. it, maybe the black dogs are kind of like the skinwalker in that respect. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm grasping at straws. Yeah, <laughs> I get that because it's one of those things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you want to tell us about the skinwalker? Sure. Okay. Uh, skinwalkers in Navajo culture, the skinwalker. And I made attempt to, to bastardize I didn't do the it on purpose, I promise. <laughs> uh, um, let me try the pronunciation here. It's Yi Nadloshi. Okay. I, I don't want to, yeah. That's the Navajo <laughs> translation harm, for Skinwalker. It, it's a harmful type of witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The term is never used for their healers. As a background, the Navajo in the Navajo language, it translates to "by means of it, it goes on all fours." While perhaps the most common variety seen in horror fiction by non-Navajo people, this is one of several varieties of skinwalkers in Navajo culture. The legend of the skinwalkers is not well understood outside of the culture, mostly due to the reluctancy to discuss the subject with outsiders. Navajo people will not reveal the skinwalker lore to non-Navajos or discuss it amongst the people they do not trust. Which I'd heard before. Yeah, I think it's funny how you uh, avoided the Yinadloshi on all those yeah, accounts. I, I, <laughs> it, it shows I, up I, in the I paragraph like don't... three times, and you avoided it every time with panache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble for mispronouncing the word. That's all right. I don't want to call up on me for, for saying it wrong. I'm pretty sure of my translation, Yinadloshi. But anyway, you, you, you... <laughs> go ahead. Not Including skinwalkers represent the, athe the sorry, antithesis of Navajo cultural values. While community healers and cultural workers are known uh, for sorry, known as medicine men and women by other positive nurturing terms in local indigenous language, witches are seen as evil, performing twisted ceremonies and manipulating magic in pres in preservation of good works medicine people traditionally perform. In order to practice their good works, traditional healers learn about both good and evil magic. Most can handle the responsibility, but some people can become corrupt and choose to become the witches. Legend also states that my computer did it again. Um, there we go. In order for the Navajo witch to become a skinwalker, the witch, I can read this, I swear, the witch along with, their mast with the mastering of these perversions of good works must also sacrifice a family member in order to gain its power. I had read, but I, I didn't transfer it over. It's, it's um, in order to, to, to do this, you have to do the ultimate evil. You have to corrupt your soul. Yep. So, yeah, and, and the, the, you know, sacrificing a family member in order to gain its power is, is, you know, the ultimate betrayal. This, this is your blood. This is your, your home and you are removing or destroying your blood ties and breaking your home, mm -hmm. which is, yeah. I don't have a yeah. It's, it's, a, it's kind of along the same lines of what I heard too, or, or read, um, in the past. Yeah. You are, you are basically breaking ties with family and good works basically, as they put it yes. by destroying yeah. your soul and yes. murdering of a, of a loved one. So cool. And the, it's kind of, yeah, kind not of creepy. Cool. <laughs> no, that's not cool. Nobody ever wanted to do that, I, I wouldn't think. But, you know, who knows? Anyway, let's go into the legend. Um, animals associated with witchcraft usually include tricksters such as the coyote. However, it may include other creatures, usually those associated with death or bad omens. 
They might also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies by locking eyes with them. Skinwalkers may be male or female. Doesn't matter. Skinwalker stories told among Navajo children may be complete life and death struggles that end in either Skinwalker or Navajo killing the other, or partial encounter stories that end in a stalemate. Encounter stories may be composed as Navajo victory stories with the Skinwalkers approaching a Hogan and being scared away. Non-native interpretations of Skinwalker stories typically take the form of partial encounter stories on the road where the protagonist is temporarily vulnerable sorry, vulnerable, <laughs> having trouble speaking tonight, but then escapes from the skinwalker in a way not traditionally seen in Navajo stories that take place away from home. Sometimes Navajo children take European folk stories and substitute skinwalkers for generic killers like the hook. Uh, the ranch, let's get into the ranch now. You want to talk about that one, Tracy? Yep, uh, I, got, okay. uh, I got that one if I can stop clearing my throat. That's all right. The ranch which takes its name from the shape-shifting witches was first homesteaded by the Myers family in 1905 and first consisted of a few small buildings in the south, sorry, the northwest corner of the ranch at the foot of Skinwalker Ridge. Later, the original homesteaders, sorry, homestead was abandoned by the Myers as they established a new home on the eastern side of the ranch. Sorry, I keep hiccuping here. By the 1930s, it was occupied by Kenneth John Myers and his wife, Edith Child Myers. They stayed on the property till 1987. During the, their occupancy, they made no reports of any strange occurrences, though some of their neighbors did. In the meantime, other unusual events began to occur in the Utana. Okay, Uinta. Uinta. Why can't I? I'm looking at them. I still can't get it out of my mouth. Okay, Uinta Basin. In the 1950s, numerous reports of unidentified flying objects, UFOs. This continued through the, the next several decades. Interestingly, these were not first reports of strange aircrafts in the area and the sky. The earliest mentioned date from the late 1700s, when Spanish explorers, in the search for Spanish Trail, passed through the Uinta Basin. I reported seeing crap in the sky over their campfires at night. The UFO reports numbered in the hundreds, including strange, uh, these included strange fireballs at aircraft that ranges in size from, from 20 to 30 feet across as to as large as a football field. They're described variously as round, oval, cigar, and triangular shaped. Some were surrounded by glowing green lights. Others emitted red, red, uh -huh, red wavy beams. Wow, I'm I'm tripping over my tongue really well tonight. Okay. And others appeared to shoot colored lights from their underbellies. By the 1970s, the Utah Highway Patrol was getting so many UFO calls that troopers stopped filling out incident reports. At the same time, local ranchers began began to report bizarre cattle mutilations. Sorry, my mouth moved. A retired science teacher named Joseph quote Junior Hicks from Roseville, sorry, Roosevelt, Utah, investigated more than 400 UFO sightings in the Unita Basin, and he found the UFO appearances often coincided with cattle mutilations. Over the years, many of the eyewitnesses saw living beings in the windows or portholes of these UFOs. After the Myers vacated the ranch in 1987, it stood empty for seven years before it was purchased by Terry and Gwen Sherman in 1994. Stop right Terry there was a high-end cattle ranch. Stop right huh? there real quick. Uh, I should point out, and I didn't write this down in my notes, but Terry and Gwen Sherman. This is a these are pseudonyms. These are not the people's real names. It's just okay. a, it's it's a name that's been it's it's names have been put on these people, and it's kind of just kind of stuck as a way to uh, give them a little anonymity. But everybody uh, called. Everything I looked up said that, that name too. So okay, that, that yeah. explains more. Yeah, but I mean, basically, they, they you know everybody rolls with it. It's the Shermans, so you know, so we go with that. That works. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> continue. I'm sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. No worries. It's a it's a good thing to know. Mm -hmm. Terry was a high end cattle rancher who was hoping that the land would help him expand his herd. The couple moved in with their two children and their livestock. They were surprised to find the previous owners had placed deadbolt locks on all the doors and windows, including ins those inside the house. Some of these had deadbolts on both the inside and outside of the house. Even the kitchen cabinets had bolts in them. And at both ends of the house, iron stakes with heavy chains had been installed. 
which Sherman guessed were used by the previous tenants for large guard dogs. The Myers had also placed in the purchase agreement on the property that the Shermans were not allowed to dig on the land with the first note without first notifying the previous owners. That sounds kind of weird. The, it does. <laughs> what did you put out there? What What is it that uh, they the don't want them day, to dig up? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the very day they took possession, the family spotted a large coyote or wolf in one of their pastures. They were soon approached in a series of S turns, scaling the fence, scaling it. Okay. Scaling, scaling it its by size the by line. the fence, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you okay there, Tracy? Do you want me to take over? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm reading it, but my, my when I transferred it over, my transcription errors happened because my computer and I are having a disagreement today. It's not saving any of my work. So, yay. Um, that makes it a little more difficult, yeah. Scaling <laughs> by the fence line, Terry determined there was nearly three times the size of an average wolf. The wolf seemed strangely... Come on. Untroubled by the Sherman's presence, even going as far as allowing them to cut it, seemingly tame, it made its way to the livestock pen. Then it grabbed a calf by the nose, trying to drag it through the corral bars. Terry Sherman and and his father then began to beat the animal to make it release the calf, but were unsuccessful as the beast held on, ignoring the blows. When that failed, Sherman shot the animal with the three fifty seven Magnum at point-blank range, but still the wolf held onto the calf. After another shot, it released the calf and just stood there calmly looking at the men. A few more shots and the animal trotted off. Amazingly, there was no blood or sign of injury on the animal. The men then followed the tracks of the animal for about a mile before they before it suddenly ended, as if it had simply vanished. This is the first time foreshadowing the, the events that would follow. A few weeks later, when Gwen Sherman was in her car, she encountered the wolf, a wolf that was so large, its back was parallel with the top of her window. The large wolf was accompanied by a dog-like animal that she could not identify. After Over the next two years, the Shermans, as well as their neighbors, reported seeing a number of strange animals in the area. These included exotic multicolored birds not native to the, re to the region, tall, dark beasts that resembled a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. On one occasion, the Shermans saw a strange hyena-like creature attacking one of the horses, which they described as a low-to-the-ground, heavily muscled, weighing perhaps 200 pounds, with curly red hair and a bushy tail. As Mr. Sherman approached the animal, it vanished before his eyes. Afterward, they checked the, horses, checked the horse and found numerous claw marks on its legs. A few months later, a neighbor reported seeing a similar beast running across their property. The Shermans, like the neighbors, also saw strange lights and, and flying objects, including more than a dozen in, on one evening. On many occasions, they spotted, spied these UFOs. They also experienced the death or disappearance of seven of their best cows. Four disappeared without a trace. Three more were found dead and partially mutilated. One of the dead cows had a peculiar hole in the center of his left eyeball, but was otherwise untouched. Another was found with a similar hole in his left eye, with a six-inch hole, and about an inch deep, had been carved from its rectum. The last cow had been killed and mutilated, had been seen alive by the Sherman's son just five minutes earlier, and had a six-inch wide, 18-inch deep hole cored out of its rectum that expanded into the body cavity. In all three cases, there was no trace of blood found. A chemical odor was apparent, and no evidence of predators' footprints or, their or tire tracks. That's pretty common uh, with most cattle uh, mutilations, actually. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut mm -hmm. you off there. No, no worries. Yeah, it's the same, you know, you get the same thing. You know, people come out and find their cattle with strange holes in the body, you know, after, after they've been killed. And, and in most cases, the cows were fine just minutes before. Yep. So I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Give me an interrupt there. No worries. I, was just, I was just thinking that, that I had seen a, a, a UFO special where they were trying to debunk things like, you know, how, how maggots eat and can make it look like it's like laser scalpel type points. But if you saw the animal five minutes before and then the animal is is deceased in front of you. There's a difference there. Yeah, you can't you can't count you can't uh, say maggots did that within five minutes. Exactly. It takes time. Flies have to land on the body and, and deposit eggs. The eggs become maggots. Maggots eat through the body. Mm -hmm. That takes a, that's a process of days, not minutes. Exactly. So okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no worries. Um, of the cattle that had disappeared, one seemed to have been magically lifted from the snow. Its hoof prints led to a field and then just simply stopped. 
The ground was littered with broken twigs and branches, and the tops of trees appeared to have been shorn off. Other strange events were also happening during these years. Pastures would unexplainably light up at night. The sounds of heavy machinery could be heard that seemed to be operated under the earth. Poltergeist, poltergeist types of activities were occurring at such times, disappearing only to reappear later. Sorry, and occurring. Sorry. Poltergeist types of activities were occurring and as and items, there we go, disappearing only reappear at later times. And strange disembodied voices, often speaking in an unfamiliar language, were heard from above. Crop circles of flattened grass were found around the ranch. Again, these are incidences you hear with uh, other types of hauntings or, or paranormal encounters, and, and they're all happening in this one location. You know, not just, you know, in other places you'll find one incident where you're seeing all of them here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, the final straw occurred one evening in May 1996 when Sherman was outside with three of his dogs. He noticed a blue orb darting around the field near his ranch house. Here's the dogs to go after it. The dogs chased it and barked at the orb as they followed it into some thick bush. Sherman heard them make three terrible yelps and called for them, but they did not respond. The next morning when he went to look for the dogs, he found only three ground greasy lumps Sorry, round greasy lumps that, uh, with what appeared to be scorched spots the dogs were never seen again. After two years of these terrifying events, the family began to publicly publicly speak out. The first claims about the strange sorry, the first claims about the strange claims about unusual events on the ranch appeared in the Salt Lake City, Utah Desert News, and later in an alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury as a series of articles by journalist George Knapp. George Knapp and co-author Colm Keller subsequently authored a book for which they they detail the earlier investigations into alleged UFO settings in the Unita. Unit Unita County region. Now I'm trying to say Klingon region too. That that does not help. And vanished and the vanishing and mutilated cattle, large animals with piercing red eyes that were not injured when they were struck by bullets. Invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic fields and crop circles, Bigfoot-like creatures, and poltergeist activity. The Shermans planned to sell the property. However, they got before they got the chance, Robert Bigelow, sorry, Bigelow, a millionaire businessman and believer in ufology, the founder of the National Institute for the Discovery of Silence, offered to buy their property after he'd read about the events in the newspaper. Yeah, you know what Bigelow was up with Bigelow? Before he before he bought this property, you know what he was doing? He's not the one making tea. <laughs> no, he managed he managed a, ho a hotel in Las Vegas. Actually, he owned the hotel. So he was, you know. He wasn't hurting for money then. No, he wasn't hurting for money. But he goes from from owning and basically running a hotel to buying this property because he hears about the strange goings on. And then he takes it and runs with it. Exactly. So, yeah. Go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. No worries. Bigelow bought the ranch for $200,000 contingent on a non-disclosure agreement with the Shermans, who agreed not to talk further about the events at the ranch. He then began to establish a compound with high-tech sensing equipment, PhD-level field investigators, scientists, and security detail, which got the property 24 hours a day. The investigators were tasked with collecting evidence, interviewing witnesses, and searching for explanations. Called the National Institute for the Discovery of Science, NIDS, its purpose was to research and advance the study of various fringe sciences and paranormal topics, including UFOs and cattle mutilation. Sherman had his neighbors, sorry, Sherman. I think it, I think it should have said Sherman and his neighbors. Okay. Sorry about um, that, that's my bad. No worries. <laughs> bad transcription. Uh, well, and or said his neighbors uh, told the NDIS team about the litany of bizarre activity from shadow people appearing around, see, shadow people in and around the ranch house. Poltergeist-type events where physically objects were moved on their own. Strange animals, including huge wolves, sasquatch, and holes in the sky. The scientists witnessed much of this for themselves, including animals cut up with surgical precision, ghostly images that appeared on the camera. In all, they documented hundreds of paranormal events. Something else is in control," says, said a researcher, John Alexander. "And if it wants you, and it wants you to find out, it may allow that. But it, if it doesn't, this thing just keeps morphing and change, charging, sorry, changing into you know new shapes and forms. We had the the camera there, and things were happening 
just off camera, sometimes in front of the camera, but you wouldn't see them. Despite the strange phenomena that were collected, there were allegedly little apparent success, sorry, of little apparent success in the NIDS investigation, and the research organization was disbanded in 2004. However, the organization was quickly replaced by the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, BAASS, which yes. was more secretive and apparently working towards having a government sponsor. In 1996, skeptic James Randi awarded Bigelow the Pegasus Award, an annual tongue-in-cheek award presented by noted skeptic James Randi, which seeks, seeks to expose parapsychological, paranormal, and psychic frauds that Randi was noted by the had noted over the previous year. Pardon me. For funding and purchasing of the ranch, for supporting Harvard University's professor John Max and author Bud Hopkins' investigations, Randi called the effort a useless study of supernatural, paranormal, or occult. In 2007, the advanced aviation threat identification program, AATIP, which was secretly, sorry, secret investigatory effort funded by the United States Defense Department to study identified flying objects primarily. Oh, we lost her. Uh, let's see, study identified flying objects primarily on Skinwalker Ranch, right? <laughs> yep. Here, let me give you a break. I, I love when, when things get out. <laughs> I'm going to give you a break. Let's let the rest there. If you don't mind. Okay. Okay. You're, there, we, like I said, we're really low tech tonight. We're struggling here. <laughs> <laughs> In so, the next several years, 22 million were spent on the program, which investigated reports of identified flying objects was run by military intelligence officials. Louis Elizondo from the Pentagon. The shadowy program was largely unfunded by at the request of Harry Reid, the Nevada Democrat for the state majority leader at the time, who has long had an interest in space phenomena. He was also a longtime friend of Robert Bigelow. That's Senate majority leader, by the way. You said right. state. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Just make uh, it clear. Yeah. Sorry. This information, however, was not publicly known at the time until its release in New York Times in 2017. When the story broke, the Department of Defense official confirmed that government-funded program, and Senator Harry Reid admitted that his his complicity. Basically, Today, the news came out, and you know Harry Reid said, "Yep, we did it." Yep, I was part of it. We spent money on this program. Uh, today, parts of the study remain classified. The Department of Defense has never officially acknowledged the existence of the program. But interestingly, it does admit the program was shut down in 2012. Now that's funny. That, year, that is funny. How are you going to deny its existence and then say it was shut down? Exactly. And still deny its existence. <laughs> <laughs> that year, Bigelow's Aerospace Advanced Space Studies lost its funding from the Department of Defense as the advanced aviation officials feared the public might learn about the program and see it as a mis misappropriation of taxpayer funds. In the meantime, the ranch was sold for a rumored amount of $4.5 million in 2016 to Brandon Fugel, 46, a Utah real estate tycoon, through a shell corporation known as Adamantium Holdings, which makes me giggle because mm -hmm. Adamantium was, you know, for Pro uh, Project X in, you know, the uh, X-Men series, but that's okay. Uh, Bigelow's company then disbanded its security team, but was quickly replaced by its new owners. That same year, Hicken Ranch Road, a Uinta County public road, which bisected Skinwalker Ranch, was illegally graded, sorry, gated. Later that year, a representative of the ranch owner approached the county for a road, vac vac uh, road vacation, claiming rampant trespassing issues led the owners to make the road private. The request was granted, there was no access to the property today, and the gates blocked the entrance with the large warning signs. In 2018, Adamantium Real Estate LLC was issued a trademark for the name Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot going on there. Just a little bit. So the processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. Oh yeah, uh, this is this is fairly recent information too about the new owner. Um, I've listened to the Skinwalker Ranch episodes on several other podcasts, 
And nobody's mentioned this guy because for the longest time, there was a lot of secrecy about who actually owned the ranch after Bigelow sold it. But after uh, the Hunt for the Skinwalker came out, it, uh, well, I'll get into that. It's all in here. <laughs> Basically, his name became known. Um, I'm going to go on from here. It said, one secret owner of purported Utah UFO hotspot Skinwalker Ranch has now stepped forward describing a bevy of sensors and cameras he's installed on the site for the collection of evidence relating to anomalous phenomena, including UAP or unidentified aerial phenomena. In 2016, Brandon Fugel, 46, a Utah real estate tycoon, who we've already mentioned here, bought the 512-acre property from his former owner, aerospace billionaire Robert Bigelow, who also sought out anomalous phenomenon on the site. Officially known as officially owned by Adamantium Real Estate. You're right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's a shell corporation. So, you know, it's it's not even a real thing. Fugel's ownership remained secret until an interview with Vice in which Fugel described his plans for the property and its alleged mysteries while declining to disclose how much he paid Bigelow for the property, which we already know is $4.5 million. He really wanted that property. I mean, it sold for 200000 initially, you know, in 97, that's, you know, almost 30 years ago. And now it's selling for 4.5 million. Which is a huge markup. Yeah. I, I mean, housing is expensive these days, but even that seems a little, little high end there. Just a little. Yep. But anyway, science and discovery are what drive me. It's not money. It's not that I am obsessed with UFOs or little green men or cattle mutilations or shape-shifting demonic entities. I have no idea if aliens exist. You'd have to ask them, Fugel told, told Voice, or Vice, sorry, told Vice. Fugel also installed sensors and cameras on the Skinwalker Ranch and has so far collected unreleased footage of anomalous aerial phenomenon, in addition to evidence of anomalous injuries and transient EMF, or unexplained electrical phenomenon. This, in addition to the numerous UFO sightings and previous data collected at Skinwalker Ranch by Bigelow, was not provided to Fugel as part of the purchase. Describing the exploration of the ranch's mysteries as the greatest science project of our time, Fugel says he's committed significant resources to uncovering what, if anything, is happening on the property. He intends to, to eventually release peer-reviewed reports. Yeah, if they let him. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right, Tracy? Yes. Yeah. The them. Yes. <laughs> the them. <clears throat> anyway, a collector of movie memorabilia, including a bullet-riddled jacket worn by Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator and Jor-El's cloak worn by Marlon Brando in 1978 Superman, Fugel has invested in long-shot, almost science fiction technology for the past decade. His investments include a gravitational physics project meant to produce clean energy. It didn't work out, but two consultants on Fugel's investments brought him into contact with Bigelow, eventually leading to the purchase of Skinwalker Ranch. These consultants, Hal Putoff and Dr. Christopher Green, have a long history exploring anomalous subjects and have both conducted research on behalf of the CIA. According to Vice, both were involved in Bigelow's research on behalf of the Defense Intelligence Agency. Putoff is also known for promoting pseudoscience, including infamous psychic warrior Yuri Geller and Scientology e-meters. Yeah, I've seen those. They work really good. <laughs> I say sarcastically. <laughs> In May of 2018, a statement by a purported senior manager within Bigelow's Aerospace's Advanced Space Studies, or BASS, group was released to CBS affiliate KLAS-TV in Las Vegas which has a long tradition of reporting on local overlap between UFO researchers and the military. This statement described alleged observed phenomenon documented at Skinwalker Ranch. The investigation by Bass provided new lines of evidence showing that the UFO phenomenon was a lot more than nuts and bolts machines with, that interacted with military aircraft, the senior manager said. The phenomenon also involved a whole panoply of diverse activity that included bizarre creatures, poltergeist activity, invisible entities, orbs of light, animal and human injuries, and much more. Other strange phenomena was observed by another low, I'm sorry, another now defunct Bigelow-founded organization, the National Institute of Discovery Science, which we mentioned before, NIDS. According to a secondhand report by astrophysicist Eric Davis, told UFO researcher Joe Mergia 
and included in a lengthy popular mechanics investigation into the connections between Bigelow's Aerospace and Pentagon UAP programs. One researcher at Skinwalker Ranch saw a 3D object appear in front of him and mutate from a pretzel shape to that of a Mobius strip before disappearing. Imagine that. I wonder what that cool. meant. <laughs> I'll see that. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So NIDS researchers also described finding mutilated cattle and mysterious beasts with yellow eyes, which were seemingly impervious to bullets. We've mentioned that already. Mm -hmm. The public got an inside look at the first two scientific studies of the ranch in 2018 documentary film, Hunt for the Skinwalker. This film helped inspire a television program about Brandon Fugel himself, who is now financing his own scientific study. And no one's talking about what's going on. Yep. Figures. So he said he put out peer review, but nothing's nothing has come to light yet, basically. So you want to tell us about some of these strange occurrences that have occurred on the ranch? Sure. Okay. The other strange occurrences. Four 2,000-pound bulls that were corralled in a small enclosure had seemingly disappeared without a trace. Not far from the crawl was a small locked trailer that had never been opened. Inside the trailer stood all four bulls, dazed. Within moments of the discovery, the bulls became agitated. A man named Terry Sherman, simply described, sorry, described as a hippie, asked if he could come to the property to commune with the spirits. While the hippie sat quietly medita meditating, an invisible creature, cloaked like that of an alien in the Predator movies, advanced to the point that it was right in front of the man. Oh, lost Tracy again. <laughs> there she is. So anyway, uh, advanced to the point that it was right in what? And right in front of his face, mm -hmm. let out a blood-curdling scream, and then frightened the man nearly to death. Because, I you know, the crap would, out of me, too. Really <laughs> nice. Sitting there communing uh, with the spirits, and suddenly something goes, ah, or something like that. You know, or it's probably it's probably more of an animalistic scream. Probably. I would have crapped my ah! pants. <laughs> like the dang dogs just were doing at my, my back door here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gwen Sherman would come home from shopping, unpack her groceries before leaving the room. Then she would return to the kitchen, groceries would be back in the bag as, she, as if she had never unpacked them. In one incident, Gwen would go to the shower, set her towel and hairbrush down before going in. When she was finished, she reached for the towel or brush, only to find they weren't there and had in fact disappeared. A few hours later, she would find them in some random, loca random location in the house. Terry's post digger would disappear while he was working on the ranch. Asking Glenn and his children if they knew anything about it, they said they hadn't, but they would offer to help look. When they didn't find it, he, it had managed to find its way up a tree some 70 feet off the ground, which is odd for a post digger that weighed 70 pounds. Mm -hmm. Terry, his nephew, and his son were walk, taking a tour of the ranch and noticed a set of headlights in the distance driving the boundaries of the property. He suspected there were people hunting illegally on his land. As he went to confront them, the lights moved away, forcing them to jog after. As he jogged, he then realized that there was no engine sound. Terry had gotten within 100 yards, and the lights suddenly lifted off the ground and floated up over the distant trees. During the autumn, the lights became more frequent and Terry brought his, as Terry brought in his high-end livestock. Terry was out looking for a cow in the snow and came across his tracks. The cow had been running as if pursued by a predator, yet there were no tracks other than the cows. Eventually, the tracks that Terry had been following suddenly stopped. There was no trace of the cow. Over the course of winter, four more of his prized cows and bulls would disappear in a similar fashion. Terry encountered a black mass moving slowly over land, colored light shining down as if searching for something. The mass was reminiscent of a F-17, but moved slowly and without a sound. Humans would regularly encounter orbs of floating orbs floating in the air, red in color, but most of the size of tennis balls, and seemingly harmless. However, there were also orbs that were blue in color, dubbed blue meanies. These would instill intense fear in anyone who got close to them. Let me stop you right there, Tracy. That one right there, the blue meanies, that was the one where Terry let the dogs loose after it, and they chased it, and the dogs disappeared and they, Yeah. into you know three three black lumps. <laughs> yeah. Burned They're creepy. Yeah. Definitely. Anyway, and the last one. Go ahead. The last one is NIDS researchers had encountered similar incidents. One encounter was witnessed by two researchers who saw what they described as a portal opening up in the sky, explaining a creature similar in description to a Sasquatch. Little creepy. Yeah, I had to leave the weird one for last. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take in, definitely. I mean, you know, like I said, you've got a place here where everything happens. You know, people see Sasquatch. They see giant wolves, uh, shape-shifting creatures, invisible creatures, ghosts, poltergeists, sounds from underground, voices in the air that don't make any sense, orbs, yep. UFOs, I mean, you name it. So along with all this, this is also one of those phenomenon where they say, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the expression, you stare in the abyss and the abyss stares back. Yes. It's kind of the same way here, too. The more they explore this phenomenon, the more it seems to become aware of what they're doing and the more it tends to mess with them. Um, I can think of another incident that I didn't write down and it involved uh, the NIDS researchers. They had set up a camera and uh, to record what was going on. Uh, when they went back to check on the camera, the camera had been uh, not destroyed but sabotaged. The wiring okay. inside the camera had been pulled out, and this all occurred uh, while it was filming. It didn't film anything, but it did. As as this occurred, the the camera image got fuzzy. Creepy. Yeah, and then and then disappeared altogether, basically, because it pulled it apart. Yeah. So that's then, like they said, that's one of the things that goes on there. That everything that seems to occur happens off camera. Because why would you want to be seen on camera when you can hide from the camera? I mean, mm -hmm. that was just what I was saying. <laughs> oh, and going back to that invisible entity and the hippie, there was also an incident that I, I read where they encountered some sort of invisible ape-like creature in a tree that was harassing the researchers. I wish I could have found that information. Everything I looked for, and granted, I, I had a bunch of stuff that I was reading through and then my computer decided it didn't need to save any information yeah i want to find more about that <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's a whole bunch of anecdotal information so yeah and, and uh, there's just so much of it but the internet doesn't seem to have any of it and i mean like i said unless you watch the videos which i highly recommend watch the videos they give you more information you're not going to find anything and i find that i find that a little suspect actually yeah why is it just a little why is it all that information is out there but no one seems to be able to put it down on paper so to speak because you don't want to leave a paper trail i don't know i don't know something's hiding i have no idea but i mean you would think i would think that you know if the information was there to be had and obviously it is because I discovered things that were not on paper. Basically, I found them through watching videos. You would think that they'd actually write that stuff down, but they didn't. Which is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> very, very bizarre. I don't know. And, you know, I'm sorry. I had hoped that this had been be a longer episode. I was hoping we could go into two parts, but, you know, I just I could not find any more information on the subject. And, um, and it. The part where you fell down my hole is awesome because you you found everything that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So yay! Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I will share rabbit holes with people because, dude, that was big enough I, for me I, to I crawl through. Yeah, I'm a big guy. I, I to... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I kept searching, going. I, I know this is going to be here. There's going to be something here I can find, and everything's like hiding and. I, I, I wish I had been able to, to find more to, to, to keep us going with, but alas. <sighs> yeah. So what are your personal thoughts about the ranch? It sounds interesting. It could be uh, multiple things in my, my mind. It could be um, a portal. It oh. could be. Well, portals have know, been like seen. Huh? Portals have been seen on the ranch. Exactly. Allegedly, yeah. So it, it, it can be a portal between multiple things you know not just our reality but maybe it's it's a multi-dimensional not dimensional and you know crossover for for extraterrestrial and you know because if you have to break your soul to get to become a skinwalker mm -hmm. that gives options 
for other you know invitations and and after talking with holly heidi hollis mm-hmm. not holly um you know the, the things that you can that, that are let in when you do things so this is this appears it sounds to me like a funnel here here's the spot where it can come out from and do stupid stuff here break your soul break your 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 bond to your family break your 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 ties that bind tear a hole in reality you got, yeah you've got instant input for the things that lurk in the shadows mm-hmm. and yeah i mean along with the phenomenon you also have the the ute legends too that go along with it i mean there's mm-hmm. a reason they call this place the path of the skinwalker Exactly. That's also and and the reason why they don't come into the property at all, and never have, because you know and it's because, these things yeah, happen. It's, it's just exactly. There's too many, too many things to to avoid there, mm-hmm. because it's a it's a it's a thinny. That's a good term for it. Yeah, thin. it's a thinny. Mm-hmm. It, it may not scream like a thinny. In the the, uh, the 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 Stephen King, Stephen King books, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a thinny. It's it's yeah. Well, I mean, the thinnies, <laughs> along with being a place where reality is thin, they're also doorways to other realities. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I can go along with that. Stephen King would agree. <laughs> you probably giggle that we're using it in this term, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King, if you hear this, I apologize. I love your work, but it's it, it works. It's thinny, right there, without the screen. <laughs> and from your lips to King's ears, I agree. <laughs> this is where we where we get all those nifty terminologies, as things like this. You know, I'm sure Stephen King had to come up with it too. Maybe he was thinking along the same lines. Could be. Could be. Could be. Anyway, so have you ever encountered <laughs> anything like that? Any any invisible predator type creatures? Have you ever seen anything like that before? Not that I'm aware of, other than what I thought was my companion, though my protector, but they weren't invisible. And and yeah, um, I know that there was a a feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you know, I've been part of the SCA for 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 decades, and we used to go camping out in the Rancho Marietta area at um, the Van Vleck Fields, Van Vleck Ranch. Right. And, you know, it's a sheep ranch and a cow ranch. Not sheep ranch, it's a cow ranch. There's there's, there's lakes and everything, and, and, you know, there's good 500 of us out there camping, but there were areas that even though we knew it was, you know, this spot here has got airsoft, this spot here is where the cows are, this spot here is the end of the world, there were spots that you didn't want to walk to in the evenings because it felt funny okay but it wasn't it, it wasn't like terribly negative but at the same point it was one of those this is your area this is our area and you stay out of our area and it wasn't the feeling that we got from the ranch it's or the ranchers themselves or the the livestock it was the feeling of the from the ranch itself does that make sense yeah it does and and it's a good comparison to what we were just talking about because I mean, all that stuff centers on the ranch. I'm sure, you know, over time, you'd start to get that feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, poor Terry, he would spend nights watching the lights in the sky. You know, he would keep trying to keep track of his cattle, and he's watching these lights, and, you know, he was getting... The, the fear would set in, especially with the blue lights, you know. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I'm sure that apprehension was there. And and this is a ranch that initially they thought was picturesque. Yes. It just got dark really fast. As you as you, as you stay there longer, it gets to know you. Yeah. Not yeah. just you get to know it. Well again, the more you look at it, the more it looks back at you. And there is definitely a trickster yep. element to this too. You know? It just it wants exactly. to show you a little bit, but not enough you can actually figure out what it is. You know, yep, it's playing with them. It's it's yeah, definitely that's what I was gonna say. It's playing. It's it's 
it's tinkering. Mm-hmm. It's it's testing our intelligence as much as we're trying to test its intelligence. It might very well be. Yeah. Can you figure out what I am? No? Oh well, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you till next week. Then I'll pick on you again. I'll give you till next week. Then I'll pick on you again. Yes. That's right. If you don't do it again, I'll, I'll if you if you don't figure it out, I'll just have to do something bad or you know, whatever. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tracy, I think we've beaten this dead horse enough. How about you? Well, if we wanted to beat it more, we could, but alas, yeah, I think I think we have done it, done it service. I think my, I think my <laughs> stick is broken. Yeah, I think my stick is broken. <laughs> <laughs> so it just sounds wrong. Yeah. Well, it's been fun. Uh, next week, folks, we're going to be doing an episode on secret societies. I was looking up something about the Finder's Cult. Uh, it intrigued me, so I wanted to talk about that and a few other secret societies, like maybe the Illuminati or something like that, you know. Okay. Um, Sound like fun. Skull and Bones, you know, all that stuff. There's all kinds of different societies we can talk about. Freemasons. Uh, definitely Freemasons, yeah. All their all their secret practices and whatnot. Exactly. Yep. But anyway, um, we're gonna we're gonna finish up here. Uh, Want to remind everybody again how to get a hold of us, um, Tracy? How do we do that? There are three easy ways you could either reach out through what in the podcast fa- uh, Facebook group. You can leave us a message there to, to any of us, to Adriana Camino. Or just or to the board. Kent Whittington. Or just to the huh? group. Or just to the group. Or, just, or to the board. True. Right. Or to me, Tracy Leonard Hernandez. Mm-hmm. You can you can email us at what in the Yeah, sorry, what in the podcast at gmail.com. Sorry. I almost thought you were gonna say something there. else. <laughs> huh? I almost thought you were gonna say something else, something naughty. But suddenly I had a dog banging on the gate again. I don't know if you could hear the Eh, not really. My, my hobgoblins are back. <laughs> I, I have a dog in the backyard. He doesn't like cats unless it's our cat. And, and not our cats go into the side yard. He's not allowed in the side yard. Therefore, mm-hmm. there must be much barking and ah, banging okay. on a gate because dog. And then there's always the one that, that I like the best. You can leave us a voicemail if you go to the description of this, of this episode. And you click on the description. And then you, you, you look at the little thing at the bottom. It says, leave us a message after this link. And you click it a few clicks. Put your email in one time. After that, you can just log back in. Leave us a voice message. Listen to your voice message. Make sure it's one you like. If it's not one you like, delete the voice message. Start again. It's fun. It's worth it. We love to hear your voice. And we have a challenge going on for all of our listeners here. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Especially, challenge. Especially our... our our LARPing family from, from yesteryear, because, you know, some of us still want to LARP, just saying. <clears throat> Me. Um, so listen up, Underground Puppeteers, yes. <laughs> leave, leave us a message as your character, as, as your 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 mind's eye theater persona would do. You know, Cricket would be coming, looking, going, did I, did I push buttons? Why is Worm Tech push buttons? Okay, click, click, buttons are, oh, it's already recording, yay. Worm Tech. Bad podcast, good. Click button, ha. <laughs> or as one of mine would have done. <laughs> he thought he was a dog. <laughs> Dude, let's see. What would Rain have done? Rain would be upset because using a, a laptop would probably be beneath her because she was so highfalutin high society but then she'd realize using a laptop would mean that she had access to the world and then she'd be you know leaving a message no no it doesn't sound proper enough doesn't sound proper enough doesn't sound proper enough. i don't know how many messages she'd leave behind before she got it straight <laughs> and then there are others who'd be afraid to leave messages and they're probably doing that right now because they're afraid the technomancers are going to find them true but we'd love to hear from you anyways. Mm-hmm. So leave us a quick one. Just because. <laughs> yes. The whole thing of, I got through. There's a message. Click. 
That's Come on, simple. guys, you yeah, can do it. I go for that. But anyway, yeah, listen, folks, we would love to hear from you. We want to hear your ideas. We want to we want to just kind of interact with you a little bit if we can. Um, show us you're out there. Show us you listen. Um, you know, say hi, like I always say. And exactly. also, if you're listening through Apple or any other podcast that will allow you to review our podcast, leave us a review. Um, one to five stars. I don't care. As long as you leave something. Um, and if possible, comment on it. I want to see what you have to say. I've seen a lot of good nifty comments. You know, We currently have a five-star review standing through Apple, but we've only got six reviews. So that's good but bad at the same time. Thank you to six reviewers. Yes, definitely. Please review, have other people review too. Yeah, we want to move up in the standings. We want more people to, to be able to find us. I mean, the higher we are in the standings, the the easier it is for other people to find us and listen in and allows our exactly. podcast to grow. So leave a review. Let us know what you think. Let us know how we're doing. Mm-hmm. And share it with your friends too. If you, exactly. if you enjoyed this podcast, do what we do. Share it. Go on your social media. Post a link to the podcast. Tell people what you think about it. Tracy, I've seen you do it all the time. <laughs> I mean, I do it because I have to, but you do it because you want to. <laughs> exactly. And I know I haven't done it this week, but don't worry. I'm doing it again. That's okay. Aaron did I'm it for do you. I'm going to do it one more time with it. From the beginnings. Yep. Aaron Montgomery <laughs> did it for you last week, so you're covered. Yay! <laughs> it, was, it was busy last week. It was. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, the next coming weeks won't be so bad, although we are gearing up for the next holiday and the next holiday after that. We're coming up on, on, on Happy, Happy Turkey Day. Mm-hmm. Hunger pains will go away. Okay, I should stop singing now. <laughs> Eat me on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Everyone knows Adam's Family is a good holiday movie. It covers all the holidays. Yes, it does in a nice dark way. <laughs> which we love. All right. I think that's going to do it for tonight. Say goodnight, Tracy. Goodnight, Tracy. <laughs> Alright, good night folks. Happy haunting. Stay co- Happy stay, hauntings. Stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>